Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Commencing the last week of June, Taekwondo athletes, practitioners, masters, instructors, referees, coaches, media, dignitaries, and fans converged on Minneapolis, Minnesota for the 2019 USA Taekwondo Nationals. This annual event brings together more than 5,000 competitors to a host city to engage in high-level competition in sparring, in pumse, and in other creative areas. Nationally ranked competitors, some that are have been to the nationals before, some that are first-time arrivals, compete on what is, for some, the highest and most visible stage in USA Taekwondo competition. My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine. I'm your host, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. Taekwondo Life Magazine was fortunate enough to have its resident photographer, James Haxton, otherwise known as Coach Jim, attend this year's nationals. He attended as a correspondent for our magazine, but more personally and more specifically, he attended to coach and to sit ringside for his daughter, Jillian's first appearance in sparring competition in the Taekwondo Nationals. Coach Jim checked in with us for the several days that he was attending the Nationals, the weigh-ins, his coaching seminar, the day of competition, and he provides us with a really, truly uh, unique and informative look behind the scenes at this megalith of a competition. I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope it provides you with some important information and hopefully a new perspective on national Taekwondo competition. Hi, welcome to another episode of Taekwondo Life Magazine. Today we are coming to you with a very special guest. We are talking to Coach Jim Haxton, who is uh, reporting. Uh, he's our staff photographer for Taekwondo Life Magazine, and he is reporting from the USA Taekwondo 2019 Nationals in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Coach Jim, hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Very good. Very good. Thanks for joining us. So we'll uh, set the table. You, we're, we're gonna we're gonna record over the next couple of days um, some some of your. Uh, feedback about the, uh, the this year's nationals, but we'll set the table with your um, Taekwondo background. Um, for those who aren't familiar with you, you have a uh, uh, quite a, a a cluster of black belts at your house. So if you can tell us a little bit about um, your training, um, where you are, and and uh, what brings you to the 2019 nationals. Uh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, there's, there's uh, five black belts in my house. Um, and my training is uh, over a 30-year um, stretch in and out. Uh, when I was, you know, teenager, I, I started Taekwondo um, in my early teens, and then continued to martial arts through uh, the military. Um, and then took a break for a long time and got back to it, back to it just about uh, I don't know, eight years ago or so. Um, and then and, and pushing hard um, and to try to keep fit and stay young. Um, what brings me here? Uh, one of the five black belts, uh, Jillian, my eldest daughter, 
uh, just turned 17. She is competing at nationals, the uh, USAT 2019 nationals in Minneapolis, Minnesota Convention Center. So we just arrived today and uh, trying to settle in and figure out how we're going to handle the next few days. Well, that's great. That's that's very very exciting. And um, for you, you are taking um, a, a somewhat active role. You're not just going to be sitting on the sidelines for this one. So, so tell us a little bit about that. What is your what is your role other besides uh, encouraging father for the nationals this year? I've been one of Jillian's coaches for the last two, almost three years now, um, along with Master Elliot, Master Jay. Um, and they, they call me the strategy and fitness coach. So I guess uh, it kind of says where I, where I fit in. Um, being a former Marine, I, I can push the kids hard enough to, to be fit. Um, so I, I bring my daughter because Master Elliot was un, unfortunate, had other obligations and couldn't, couldn't be here. So I'm going to be lucky enough and proud enough to sit in her chair um, and coach her in her national debut. That's exciting. That That's exciting as a father. That's exciting as a practitioner. It's exciting as a martial arts enthusiast, so that's um, that's that's very exciting. So I understand that you are um, there a little bit earlier than the, than the competition begins because tomorrow you are going to be undergoing the um, the updated coaching certification. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, uh, to coach at this level, you have to have completed a level one seminar, which is a full day seminar. Um, there's a number of things before that. Um, we have a couple online webinars, uh, a coaching quiz that you have to take. So there's a, there's a, an investment in time, in both time and, and money to, to get to this point. But to be able to coach at a national event, you have to con- complete level one um, seminar. And uh, that is scheduled for tomorrow. There's two of them scheduled here at the nationals, one for tomorrow, the day before the event. Um, and then again, one on July or uh, I think the 29th or 30th, I think, um, throughout the week. So there's two different types, two different events. That's great. That, that's great. So I'm going to ask you in winding down this first section um, what your initial impressions are. I know that you have a, uh, from speaking to you earlier, that uh, you have a uh, you have a nostalgic history with uh, the state of uh, Minnesota. But um, tell me your your initial impressions of arriving at the the hotel. Um, and the airport, is there um, a, a, a sense of um, that there is a nationals or is it just another in a series of events from, from, from what you've observed so far? So, um, yeah, it's funny because about the uh, history here. I, 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 my, my grade school years was spent, you know, a couple hundred miles north of this town. And uh, my best friend um, in New York, always says that you're from one of those M states, and it was funny because we were texting today, and it's like I'm in one of those M states. So, but my it's my uh, my experience getting here today was actually quite delightful. The planes were on time. Um, arriving at Minneapolis Airport, um, it, it was easy, convenient to get to downtown area. Believe it or not, I mean I know New York City was struggle there, but here I. I I got off the airplane, got my bags, got on a tram to the local light rail. The light rail, 20 minutes later, I'm downtown um, Minneapolis and in, in you know, walking distance with any of the hotels as well as the convention center. So it was a nice ride. The really cool thing was we walked into the Hilton. We're at the down, down Hilton. We walked into the Hilton, and the, the person that checked us in had a big uh, pin on our chest saying that, you know, welcome USAT. Um, um, to, or Minneapolis welcomes USAT. So 
it was kind of cool to see that, that they were looking forward to us being here. Oh, that's, that, that is wonderful. So I want to thank you for um, ta- taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. And um, we, we're looking forward to um, uh, speaking to you tomorrow after the coaching um, seminar. And then we'll, we'll, we're going to follow up with you for the weigh-ins and uh, after, you know, after the weigh-ins and then after, obviously, the big competition to get your, your wrap-up thoughts. So, uh, Coach Jim, um, good luck. Enjoy Minneapolis. And, and best of luck in um, the 2019 USA Taekwondo Nationals. Thank you, sir. We'll speak with you tomorrow. All right. Well, we are talking today in day two to Coach Jim Haxton. Uh, it is Thursday evening. And, Jim, you have had the opportunity today to sit for the uh, Level 1 USAT uh, coaching seminar. Is that correct? Yes, yes, we sat uh, nine, nine to four full days. Wow, wow, that that uh, sounds like more like a university course than a uh, getting ready for a tournament. So, how was that, Jim? How, what was your experience with that? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, level one is the first of three levels. Actually, level one and level two are um, uh, curriculum that's put out there that they follow, and level three, I think, is going to be released soon. So for me to be able to sit in um, my daughter's chair tomorrow, I have to have a level one certification. So I had to go through this um, at a national for a national level coaching. So the, the seminar was, I thought, was was great. It it brought you to the next level, not not just you know what you're supposed to do, but how you're supposed to coach and and how you're supposed to maintain your athlete. They covered things um, nutrition, uh, hydration. Um, psychology of, of this, the, the, the athlete, uh, as well as uh, uh, you know, coaching parameters, um, good good policy, good practice, etc. That's great. That's great. I, I think that uh, these types of uh, educational programs are, are so important. Um, you know, I think Taekwondo for um, such a long time on on every level has been uh, a product of information being passed along in a um, somewhat uh, old-fashioned kind of a way where we, we, we learn from other people, but not as much in a in a structured way. So I think that you know for for people who who aren't second or third generation Taekwondo people, um, it gives a really great opportunity to uh, balance the scales, uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah, it's. Uh... I'm sorry. They, they, you know, they, one thing they really brought forth today is, is from traditional to to modern sport, or sport taekwondo uh, uh, spine is that they, the athlete first. You know, it used to be used to be a ritual. You know, like uh, you know, uh, formal. Now it's about the athlete, and it's about making sure that the athlete is performing at their uh, ability, their best, that type of stuff. Um, so it, it was it was really a good look at at, at how things are supposed to be uh, run. So. Oh, that's great. So now, for for the those who don't uh, haven't had the opportunity to sit through this this portion of it, I know that the prior stuff you and I have talked about uh, is um, that there was some some webinar components. But today's uh, portion of it was this um, largely uh, academic textbook type stuff, or was it uh, was there uh, the opportunity to do some hands on and an interactive type, especially with that uh, intense schedule of, of it being nine, you know, not an all-day affair. Yeah, it was both, actually. All morning was, was academic. There was eight modules that we went through, um, and the first five modules, I think, were preparing 
you as um, as a coach to execute, and then there was two modules that were practicing, you know, practicing while where we actually broke out into groups of three and groups of six, um, and we executed coaching practice and executing a reviewing practice. Um, so each of us played different roles. Um, we got reviewed on it and uh, and feedback, et cetera. And then we, then we grouped up again in larger groups and built um, you know workout plans and development plans for the athletes. So um, it was it was practical probably you know thirty percent of it of the of the day. So it was it was it gets, got you out of the seat and got you hooked up for just a little bit for a little while. That's great. That's great. So, so let me ask you just in terms of um, winding down this, this component, two questions. One is, do you feel that the information, and, and I sort of know the answer to it based on the way, way you've been leading, but so that the information that you took uh, away from today's seminar is not simply going to assist you over the course of the next couple of days, but that there's stuff there that you'll be able to uh, bring back to uh, your your local dojang and be able to um, implement in terms of your your coaching duties for uh, the athletes that you're working with in on on your sparring team. Yeah, most de- most definitely. You know, it, it reinforces uh, things that I've already started and that we work with uh, my other two coaches with. Um, so it reinforces those concepts and fills in some of the blanks, as well as brought ideas from around the country because we had people that from all over. Um, and that was really, I think, a big. Um, value added that you know during one of the practicals was a combination of everybody's inputs on how they would handle their day training on this particular scenario, this situation um, um, with an athlete in a certain situation. And, um, so that was a very interesting thing that, that gave me a lot of points to bring back home. Well, that's great. That, that's great. I really appreciate. It. I know it's a it's a hectic schedule for you you there, and I know a day like today is very in- intense and. You got a lot, a lot ahead of you, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And um, just a little bit of a forecast. So tomorrow, I know that uh, the, the main thing on your agenda is that uh, you and and your athlete, and your daughter Jillian, are going to be uh, attending the weigh-in. Um, so we'll get a sense for you at some time uh, when you have an opportunity, a couple of minutes to just get a reflection on the day and and on the weigh-in, if that works for you. Sounds good. Very good. Thanks, Coach Jim. We appreciate you checking in. Thank you. Have a good night. So we're welcoming back Coach Jim Haxton for day three. He's attending the 2019 USA Taekwondo Nationals. Coach Jim, thanks for joining us again today. No problem. You're welcome. So today's uh, the big item from what I saw on the agenda. Today was the weigh-in, and I saw from a lot of people's uh, posts on social media, the ones that I saw, looked like there were some pretty serious lines. Tell us about... um, Tell us about that. Yeah, the the, the line started at 6 a.m. Um, weigh-in spurts. The, the the referees didn't come till 9 a.m. to start the um, start the weigh-in process. So people got online at 6 a.m. Um, there was actually some arguments about who was first and who was second, and people you know trying to push in front of lines that was kind of unusual. But uh, we heard a little bit of that, but uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, we showed up at. Uh, the men had a uh, their own room to weigh in, and the females had their own room to weigh in. So we showed up a little after eight, and uh, for the females' line, it wasn't that terrible. Men's was much worse. There was about thirty or thirty-five people in front. So it was an open. So it's a, sort of an open situation. There, you, there's no appointment. It's first come, first served, and you get weighed in. 
uh, based on when they get to you. When they get there, yes. Uh, so, you know, the idea is people are trying to make weight, so they start with themselves and uh, and cutting weight, and they want to get it over with so they can have food right away. So, uh, so, so what is the what is the variation for someone? Let's say um, Jillian's fighting at um, at her level. What is the weight allowable weight variation for her class of um, a fighter? So she's fighting at what they call minus 59, which is a 55 to 59 kilogram weight class, which is about eight and a half, nine pounds, something like that. So uh, 130, so it's like 122 and change to 130 is her weight class. So when you um, attempt to make weight, if you don't make, uh, if you don't fall within your parameters, then you can fight in a outside of your class or are you automatically at that point disqualified or have the opportunity to weigh again and nationals if you don't make weight at what what qualify what weight class category you uh, uh signed up for you're automatically disqualified wow that's serious stuff really serious stuff yes. this is a this is a great look into uh, into it for, for those of us that don't have that um, regular exposure to it so i, I really appreciate um, the insight and how long a period of time do they do they I, it makes sense what you're saying people are hopefully going to get in there get weighed in and maybe chow down on some breakfast but what was the what was the window of time that they had there to do the weigh-ins for today uh it was open from nine to noon and then two to six ah okay okay interesting so and um so i saw you sent some photos uh, for those who don't know, Coach Jim's also our resident uh, photographer for Taekwondo Life magazine. You sent some photos, and you accompanied them by a notif- notice that there's going to be 18 rings of action, which is a uh, quite a for for those of us that attend a lot of local tournaments where you know a big tournament is five or six rings. To see 18 rings of action is is pretty significant. Um, did you have a good sense of uh, the the awe-inspiring nature of the venue today by, by walking around? I, I did. It was, uh, well, uh, look in the picture, um, I think mean, you can't see one end from the other, so you can kind of see what's in front of you. You just see all those ring signs. They go on forever. It's kind of like, you know, that redundant mirror concept. Um, um, and I even tried to do a pan, pan, uh, you know, uh, picture, and it, it couldn't get to work <laughs> Too long to yeah, the around, panoramic, but, right? The panoramic view. Yeah, the panoramic picture that didn't want to come around. So um, it is. It's uh, and there's a number of uh, octagon rings. Uh, I think the majority of them are octagon rings, probably twelve, um, and maybe even fourteen in octagon, and then a bunch of square rings just for Pumse. Um So that's that's kind of how it looked. And and uh, the octagon rings are. It's it's weird. We're used to having uh, Chung and Hung, you know, left side, right side. Uh, or vice versa, but uh, here the octagon rings are pairs. So Chang and Hung sit on the outside of each ring. It's kind of it's kind of unusual. That is that's interesting, and I haven't read anything about it, so I'm not certain what that what that relates to. But um, I wonder if that's uh, something. Is that is that is that the first time, as far as you know, for the Nationals that they're trying that, or or you're not aware? Not aware. I just I just noticed it today as as I'm looking at the configuration. We actually had a chance to watch a uh, 12 or 14 year old female um, um, champion. We don't know what what, what uh, weight category they were in, but it was a good fight. Um, a lot of emotion when when they won the gold. So it was it was a lot of fun to see. Wow, that's exciting stuff. So tell me, um, I guess the last topic we'll cover before we let you go for your big day tomorrow is 
um, the technology. So, so I had read this and you had indicated. So, so, and again, I don't know how new this technology is, but one of the things that they're doing is you can be part of the text pool, right? So then they'll give you a, some updates as to uh, ring assignments and things of that nature. Is that what they cover in, in those group texts? Is it based upon your individual athlete or is it based just upon the group that your athlete is in? The group that your athlete is in. Um, so, for instance, that Jillian has to fight tomorrow. So her her brackets will be created by two and published at two a.m. this morning, tomorrow morning, and um, and then her brackets will. Have, so whatever whatever bracket she is, and she's one, two, three, four, whatever. And then there's in each bracket there's a number of matches that are designated. And there's twenty five kids, no competitors in her in her uh, bracket. So it's probably going to be close to thirty fights throughout the day so they'll seed the bracket accordingly so let's say for example she's bracket number six and so it'll be six dash one will be the first match six dash two will be the second six dash three so you'll have 13 13 matches in the first round so the text message is what happens is that whenever a um a fight right a six dash two let's say is called to a ring um that's what the text message is out there broadcast out there saying six dash two move to ring five, let's say. So we know people who's going to what ring by the bracket designation. That's great. That's great. I mean, it's a, that's a great use of technology. I mean, for those of us, again, that have attended more local tournaments, many times those things get shifted around. Um, listening to sometimes muffled um, announcements over music, over um, uh, things going on in the ring, um, such and such group has to go to such and such ring, and it's, it's a little hard to... Um, sometimes to navigate so with the size for them to do it where it's fairly unequiv- uh, unequivocal i think is a, a great use of the technology so um now let me ask you what go ahead go ahead let's so say another thing that i find really interesting they had a, a gear checking station so whenever you got you get a piece of paper from holding to go to a to a ring um you went to a gear checking station they actually checked all your your gear and and etc for compliances and they they um check to make sure the sensors are correct and it all went you went to a gear checking station before you even got into the competition venues. That's great. That'll save a lot of time in terms of moving the actual um the actual matches. Um not having to deal with that very it's a very important issue. Um now more than ever as it relates to the, the electronic components of it, but as well as the safety components. But doing it ahead of time will certainly um do a lot to move um the the efficiency of those rings so so it uh, sounds like they really they have a good a good handle on it um yeah. tell me about um tomorrow now tomorrow in conclusion i wanted to know if 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 a fighter like um jillian goes in and has best case scenario where she continues to um have uh success in her matches what is the approximate number of um matches that that she can fight in one competition day we're estimating that for jillian's bracket with 25 uh, competitors that it's going to be five to six matches for gold gold medal wow that is a serious um you know for people who again don't don't fully understand um you come in with that level high level of uh adrenaline to fight you want to come in there and fight and you want to be successful but you also have to be able to uh maintain that level and maintain your strength and um throughout that day for for the potential of five um multiple round multiple minute matches that's a that's a pretty significant um 
undertaking, and it sort of explains why it's such a prestigious um, uh, accomplishment when people are um, have that kind of success in, in the nationals. Yeah, it was, and it was, you know, like the match we saw today, the final for the fourteen to uh, fourteen to fifteen, fourteen to sixteen. Um, 12 to 14, I'm sorry. 12, it was obvious that the the one girl that got uh, silver today, um, her fatigue was just was evident. So she had a, a hard day. But she did wonderful to make it that far, right? She's fighting for finals. Sure. And, and that, was, sure. that was their fifth match of the day. Well, you know, I, I, I my exposure to it is a little bit different. I haven't seen, even though I've been around Taekwondo, I haven't seen that significant. But I, as, as you know, in your uh, former Marine, my... My son was a former military uh, army, and uh, it's very similar to what he describes for the close quarter combatives, where you just continue to go on single elimination and uh, just continue to fight as many fights as until you get to the finals. And you could you could literally be at a point where uh, somebody with a greater skill set may not ultimately, um, you know, go grab that gold medal if they don't have the stamina to sustain. Um, the endurance. So there's there's a balance there of 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 learning not only the most skills but learning how to um, to time your to time yourself and pace yourself as it relates to getting through that competition. And sometimes I think that probably comes with experience, right? I mean, not not necessarily um, something you 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 fully understand until you've experienced it. Yeah, I think you know there's a bit of a wisdom there that you you gain is 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 not making it before. But yeah, stamina. The physical conditioning, you know, a full-rounded athlete is, is, is really important to make it through your last man standing type competitions like this. Well, we, um, you know, we, we, we will wish you the, the best of luck to you and to Jillian. And uh, it's a marathon for you as well because you'll be by her side every one of those, um, every one of those uh, matches and your adrenaline will be high. So we'll speak to you um, tomorrow. Let us know once. The day has wrapped up and you have a few minutes and, and you're not exhausted. We, 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 we want to hear how the day went. We want to get your impressions and we want to, uh, you know, be able to, to have a little bit of a, uh, a recap to close out our, uh, 2019 USA Taekwondo Nationals, uh, edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine's podcast. So thank you, sure Coach thing. Jim. Thank you. Okay. Well, so welcome to our wrap up portion of the episode. Um, we are speaking to Coach Jim Haxton in what is the end of day four for him and his uh, daughter and uh, competitor, Jillian Haxton, in the 2019 USAT uh, Nationals. And uh, while the competition goes on for a few days, uh, uh, Jim's division has uh, ended today. So, Coach Jim, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So, so tell me, we, uh, all of this um, leading up to the Nationals in, in other tournaments and preparation and everything that's gone on for the last few days, um, in terms of what you experienced, um, was it what you expected, different from what you expected? Can you give us some reflections on, on the actual experience of being in the comp- competition scenario today? I, I think... Um... Yeah, it's different, you know, because we go through the tournaments, the local tournaments, and even the state-level tournaments, and and we kind of have a good idea what to expect. Um, the, the scale that they have here at 18 rings and the thousands of people that go through 
I think the length of term, almost, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people a day have to compete. Um, they, when they start, they just start, and they go, and they go, and they go, and they go. It's amazing how fast and how efficient these guys run this, this type of a tournament. So, you know, having, you're thinking that you have the time to get ready, you, you don't here. You, you, just, you just click along, you know, following a, following a, a quick schedule. So that was kind of what it felt very rushed at first. Right, right. And I think we talked a little bit yesterday about the fact that they work on some of the efficiency, some of the stuff that happened before um, the the matches with the gear checks and things. But I guess at the end of the day, you you, you know you have multiple fights for each division, um, multiple rounds, multiple minutes. That um, even with eighteen ring, rings, it is a, a phenomenal um, machine, and and there needs to be sort of a a, a move. So. Um, I, I, I let's talk a little bit about the bracketing because I was watching some of the fights today and uh, not uncommon, but from the standpoint of where you're seated, um, you end up in the early divisions where they take the lower seed is, is against the higher seed. Is that correct? That's, that's generally the way they, they do it. It's, it's, it's not an attempt to match fairly evenly matched seeds. It's, it's there there's a and automatically the way it's set up is that you're 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 against someone who's who's by their nature on the opposite end of where you're ranking it um yeah the uh the the way it looked to me is um and there was just to fill the bracket there was a number of buys so some of the higher ranked people got buys but for instance Jillian fought Jillian was ranked 20 she fought uh 18th or 17th because they happened to be in the middle of the ranking so the um, the, the third or, or no, the sixth or fifth ranked person that we knew fought like the, the 40th ranked person. So it was the top against somebody that wasn't as, you know, not, right. not as high as ranks. And, it, and I think it, you know, went toward the center from there. That's why Jillian ended up with somebody that was that's at her level. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. So that makes sense. So, so when you're, when you're on either end, you're ending up against each other and then they're winding towards the middle where people are probably more evenly ranked now in Jillian's case the outcome was um that she uh lost her her match in a very very slim margin but again i think that we talked about the fact that um this is an unusual experience and 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 it's an accomplishment to be there and to compete but what were your feelings and her feelings about um the competition itself in terms of uh the manner in which in which the the sparring match was conducted, the equipment, the um, the sense of the crowd, any of those things that you wanted to to kind of give perspective on in terms of uh, uh, comparing it to what you expected and comparing it to what you've been through before. I you know I was really impressed um, about this uh, being the size of the environment. You think it'd be harder to manage? They they managed everything very well. They kept the floors clean. Um, you know, coaches, coaches meeting first, first thing out of the mouth of the, of the, uh, the um, management team was that if you're not on the, on the floor with an athlete that's fighting, then we're going to take your badge. You're going off, you know, nobody's being on the floor unless you're supposed to be there. Um, the, the, you know, the way that they geared you up, you had an inspection station, station. Once you got to the inspection, you sat in chairs marked with your, with your, your, uh, your, your ring number. And then you waited for the volunteer to come and take you to your ring and, and the uh, the on deck chairs were set there, I and mean, it was just all so efficient. So 
by the time you got inspected, you were in a ring in, in less than 15 minutes um, putting gear on. Um, so it was really, really, you know, like I say, a quick pace and, and a well run. And, and the refs all were very professional. They were very good. Um, you know, you saw, you saw, you see with this much action, you see things that you're not used to seeing sometimes. And you're like, well, how did that? But then you think about it and like, you know, that's really what the rules say, you know? So, right. Um, so it was, it was, uh, it was definitely, you know, I heard some people in the background saying, well, this doesn't, you know, it's not run the same way as the local stuff. And, you know, and they were saying it in a negative format, but I see it as a positive. They were really, they followed the rules well. They were really on, on point with a lot of things. So um, I was impressed. Oh, that's good. I love, I, I like to hear that feedback. I, you know, I like to get the sense of, you know, um, uh, somebody who's, I think the only way you can really get a true sense is to have participated in it. You know, you can read all the articles in the world, but, you know, to get a good, to get a good sense. So, um in winding down um, this edition for us of Taekwondo Life Magazine, sort of recap of uh, of the 2019 USAT National, seen through your perspective and, and your eyes, we appreciate you doing that. What is next for for Jillian? She's she, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a huge accomplishment to be here. Um, what comes what comes next for her in her? You know, she's just at the infancy of her. Um, it really high-level Taekwondo um, competitive career. Where, where do we set our sights on for the next? I, I think uh, we finish this year. So she changes age, gra- age brackets next year. So uh, I think finishing this year strong, um, getting as much experience as we can for her. And I, I think she's really eager now that she's got a taste of what this looks like. She's really eager. Um, she kept saying, I'm going to come back and, and win a medal. I'm going to come back and win a medal. So that's kind of, I think that's what's next to focus on, you know, being the youngest in her, her age bracket next year and, and trying to make it back here and, and seeing if we can make it to the second or third round at least. Well, that that is that is great. And she certainly has the skills and she certainly has the heart. And uh, she has a, a an overall, she has a terrific team from parent, parents and uh, families, family to you being uh, wearing the dual hat of of coaches and, and obviously the entire team at Wyage Park Taekwondo in, in Levittown who's who's behind her. And we are speaking today on uh, to you from the Nationals, and it happens to also be the birthday of Grandmaster Wyage Park. So, so special. It's a, it's a special day. So, Jim, I, I thank you so much for the last four days. I think you've given us a, a tremendous inside look at um, the Nationals competition we look forward to speaking to you when you get back, and we look forward to doing this again with you as uh, as Jillian travels the country and uh, competes in other competitions. So thank you so much, Coach Jim, and we look forward to your safe return to the East Coast. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.